Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Across the UK, online, on DAB, and on your smart speaker, the Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Good morning and welcome to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham right here on Talk Radio. We are veritably the home of common sense today. And I tell you what, I think we are the only home of common sense in the entire country that is left because we appear to have gone collectively bonkers. I have to say, for those of you who are watching us live on YouTube, I'm not wearing a tie today, not just because it's Bank Holiday Monday, but in honour of Dominic Cummings, a man who is being hounded like you would not believe, a man who is being doorstepped. 24 hours a day. A man who is being trolled, literally, by people in real life. They parked a lorry outside his house yesterday uh, with a huge TV screen on it. He has a four-year-old son. He has a wife. People in the media, you really ought to be ashamed of yourselves. Happy Bank Holiday Monday to one and all. Today's going to be a right royal roller coaster of a show as Boris Johnson continues to lead the country out of this ghastly and deadly coronavirus pandemic, which, can I just remind you, actually came here from China. Watching the events of the weekend, you might be forgiven for thinking that Boris was some kind of malevolent and evil dictator, someone who was making the military police round up thousands of people, taking them to empty football stadiums, having them tortured and electrocuted, and then, before uh, burying them in mass graves, right? The loony left in this country have managed to convince all the stupid and unintelligent news outlets in this country that their way is the only way, that their attitudes are the only attitudes, and that despite polling the lowest ever numbers and an election, they are the only ones who know how to run the country. The spectacle of the Dominic Cummings witch hunt this weekend was embarrassing to watch. From the fake allegations about the Downing Street advisor being spotted, and that's their words, in various northeastern England hotspots, to the lorry containing a TV screen parked outside his home where he lives with his wife and four-year-old child, I was literally sickened by the tactics of those who will stop at nothing to attempt to remove him from his job simply because he helped this country to do what the majority wanted, and that was to leave the European Union. Today, this story should be dead and buried. The Prime Minister has given Cummings his full backing and said he acted with integrity at all times. Normally, that would be the end of it, but not here, not in Britain, where the rule of the mob is all that matters, where democracy is of no consequence to the jackbooted thugs of the new moral order. Don't think for yourself. Be angry for no reason. Demand resignations. It's cancel culture on crystal meth. What an absolute collection of clowns. It is pathetic. 0344 499 1000. Coming up, 
we're going to be talking to a man from Barnard Castle. That's right, the place where Dominic was supposedly spotted, who is the spitting image of Dominic Cummings and has been often mistaken for him. Maybe someone should alert Pepper Crera at the Mirror. She used to work at The Guardian, you know, so she wouldn't know a story if she fell over one. And of course, we want to hear from you as well. How are you spending the bank holiday? Will you be breaking any lockdown rules? No doubt Sir Keir Stalemate will be calling you to be arrested if you do, just like he did when Stephen Kinnock travelled hundreds of miles to see his father, just like he did when Jeremy Corbyn came into Parliament when he didn't need to, and just like he did when MP Tahir Ali went to a funeral in Birmingham with a hundred other people. Oh, sorry, he didn't do that, did he? No, he forgot to arrest them. He forgot to call for them to be arrested. 0344 499 1000. You're listening to me, Mike Graham, right here on the fastest growing radio station on the planet. It is, of course, Talk Radio. Mid-morning with Mike Graham. Talk Radio. Now, before we talk to Henry Hill, Assistant Editor of Conservative Home, there's just some housekeeping I need to do. Here's the front page of The Guardian, ladies and gentlemen, today. No apology, no explanation. PM bets all on coming. Thank you very much indeed. Let's go. Daily Mirror, a cheat and a coward. That's going as well. What a load of old cobblers. And listen, last but not least, the Daily Mail. What planet are they on? What planet are you on? You used to be a Tory supporting paper. Jordy Gregg, you're a disgrace. Let's talk to Henry Hill. Henry, very good morning to you. Good morning. Sorry to be so worked up about this, but I can't believe the state of the nation that we now live in, Henry. I mean, I used to think that we lived in a green and pleasant land. I used to think that we lived in a place where tolerance was the order of the day. And I used to believe that we were not tribal, that we were not pathetic, that we were not lefties uh, who are absolutely hell bent on doing over the result of an election and the result of a referendum just because we hate one man. What is going on? Well, I think, you know, the, over the last few years, the, the, the fallout of the EU referendum means that in ways that we haven't really seen since, I think, the 80s, we're now divided into different camps, and each camp really, really dislikes the other camp. And we're seeing that the row over Europe is now bleeding out into all kinds of other areas because we're forming into these tribes. You know, you, you, people's attitudes to lockdown can sort of be traced to their attitudes towards Europe. And I think that what we're seeing now is, is sort of that on steroids with Dominic Cummings. You know, yes, I think everyone, I think even, you know, we can admit that if in the event that a senior government, and a government advisor looks like they may have broken the rules, there is at least a case for checking whether or not they have, right? They have a duty to set an example. Yes. Lots of people have made sacrifices. But that's not what's happening at the moment. What's happening at the moment is not that we're having a measured, sensible inquiry, but we're having this kind of bizarre trial by media, mm. in which case they're trying to drive them out immediately yeah. and, and, and without time to gather the evidence. And what makes this so in, sort of uncredible, if you like, is that, yeah, the people going for Dominic Cummings are exactly the people you'd expect to be going for Dominic Cummings. They're people who don't like Dominic Cummings anyway. You know, if you look at the Tory MPs who are demanding he resign, it's, you, you've got uh, the former head of the DCMS committee. It's a, it's a rogues gallery of Remainers, isn't it, basically? Well, it's not even just Remainers. You know, you've got people like Steve Baker who were who were very prominent pro-Leave MPs. But of course, you'll remember from the from the referendum campaign, the MPs hated Dominic Cummings. Yeah. Um, they, and Steve Baker know? even came out yesterday and said, "I've never liked Dominic Cummings. I've never thought it was a good idea to bring him into Downing Street." So he's already nailing his colours to the mast. It's not as if you know this is some kind of great road to Damascus conversion. You know. No, 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 precisely. I think, I think one of the problems that Dominic Cummings has is that, you know, because he's so ag aggressive and he has such a low opinion of an awful lot of people in the Westminster bubble, he has very few 
supporters in it. You know, he's got he does have supporters, people who work for him, especially people who work for him on the referendum, who are sort of very, very loyal to him. But he doesn't have very many friends in the media or in Parliament, and that means that when something like this comes along, there's not an awful there's not an awful lot of goodwill. And of course, you have those absolute you know, plonkers like led by donkeys putting cameras and things outside his home, which I think is never acceptable. No. But you know, I think the prime minister should have. Well, the prime. Well, I think the prime minister. I think the prime minister, perhaps understandably, has been very, very belligerent and aggressive in defending uh, in defending Dominic Cummings you know the cat he's been sending the cabinet out he's got out himself and I think maybe you know if if the tent if uh, feelings weren't running quite so high he could have at least said look I'm going to have this properly investigated I take Dominic Cummings at his word that he's done everything properly and he will not be leaving post until this has been investigated but we will check and I think that maybe the fact that the the other side have gone for him so aggressively means the Prime Minister has, bit, has hit back very hard but fundamentally Dominic Cummings like anyone else has the right to a fair hearing and to maintain his job and his post until it has been proven that he has broken the rules. Yes, exactly right. And And it seems to me that there are some facts of the story which will not come out for reasons of, say, family privacy, uh, which we will not discuss on this programme either. Uh, He is a man who has hidden from nobody. He's a man who is beleaguered and besieged in his own home. Uh, A Guardian photographer went and actually chalked a massive message that he should go on in the road outside of his house. I mean, you know, I've been part of uh, media scrums before. I used to be a reporter for newspapers, but I've never seen that sort of behaviour, really, uh, against anyone who who is, um, you know, anything but a criminal. You know, normally you behave like that if the person that you're doorstepping uh, is some kind of scumbag who doesn't deserve any sort of respect. But Dominic Cummings is a government advisor. He hasn't killed anyone. He has not, you know, done anything terrible. He is accused of something which he denies. I mean, you know, who gives the media this right to deny him, um, basically, his, his, his ability to do his job? And also, who gives them the right to deny when the Prime Minister says this is done and dusted, it's game over, you know, basically, I'm not interested in firing him, it's not going to happen. That should be the end of it, shouldn't it? Well, I mean, get me wrong, when this, when this started, my initial feeling when the story first broke was that Dominic Cummings would probably have to go because, you know, an awful lot of people have made huge sacrifices, incredibly painful sacrifices in order to obey the government's rules. You know, you've had people missing funerals, you've had people who haven't been able to go and see loved ones who were dying, and I thought, you know, if... He's broken the rules. Then they're not. Yeah, but hang on, Henry. Let's let's just let's just roll this back a second. Just roll it back a second, right? Now you say because I don't blame you for saying it that he should go. But this culture that we now live in, right? People talked about Neil Ferguson. Neil Ferguson did not resign his job. He gave up his job as an advisor to the government. He still kept his job as a lecturer at Imperial College and a professor. Same goes for the 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 medical uh, chief medical officer in Scotland. She gave up her job advising the government. She did not give up her job. Dominic Cummings is being told he must give up his job. Right, so I, was, I can clarify. So this was at the beginning. Yeah. But there is, politics is slightly different. You know, we do. I, I accept that we don't tend to get MPs to resign as MPs for this kind of thing. Right. But they very often do need to, you know, give up cabinet positions, yes. which can cost them tens and tens of thousands of pounds a year. And even even if he'd only offered his resignation and the Prime Minister had declined it, I thought that what what should have happened at the start was, and, and, and I don't think this now, is that he, there should at least have been some acknowledgement. But that was assuming that Dominic Cummings was given a fair opportunity to defend himself and that some kind of investigation would find that he'd actually done something wrong. I think what's happened since 
is a bit grotesque, mm. to be honest. People who don't like him anyway, instead of giving him a fair hearing, because, you know, if he has done something wrong, a fair hearing will bring it out, right? You'd think. But instead of that, they've gone, they, they've gone ridiculously over the top. Yeah. You, know, you had Led by Donkeys putting that screen outside his house. Right. And they're claiming, over... they're claiming that they did it when there was nobody there. Well, how did they know there was nobody there? Did they follow the wife and child out of the house? Yeah, I mean, precisely. I mean, even that's creepy, right? I mean, yeah. you know, if, if they've got his movement... Who the hell like do they that, think they are, these bozos? So, so and, and I think it's a really ugly... And, and this is one... And it's so counterproductive, because I think one of the calculations the Prime Minister has now made, right, is that he cannot be seen to lose an advisor to this kind of campaign. Of course not. You know, if they've been, if they've been, if they've been reasonable, if they've been, we just want to find out the truth, let's have an investigation and something had gone wrong, he'd probably have had no option to get rid of Dominic Cummings, I'll be honest, because the public would have been furious. You've seen some of the polling. Yeah. The idea, the idea that somebody was breaking the rules while everyone else was obeying them would have been enough. But the way they've done it, the way that they've dredged up all of these old hatreds from the mm. EU referendum and all of this old grudges and they've just, and they've gone for it way too hard. I think the Prime Minister has thought quite rightly, if I let myself lose a minute, lose a senior advisor to this sort of campaign, yeah. that's it. That's all I'll be It would be the beginning of the end for him. It would be the beginning Absolutely. of a collapse of the whole, um, you know, almighty sort of panjandrum around him. It would have all of, of, of sort of, you know, consolidated itself and fallen down about his ears because at the end of the day, he is the leader of this country. He was elected by the vast majority of people uh, last December the 12th and he is in charge. And I thought yesterday he looked a bit more like himself. He looked as though he was in charge. He looked as though he was cutting off journalists who were being ridiculous. He looked as though he was in command of the country. I think so, and I think one of the you know one of the my reservations that I've had about Boris Johnson in the past is I think that he's often been too keen to please. You know, he, he's he's always a bit willing to tell whoever's in front of him whatever. And I thought actually seeing him stand up to the press, yeah. Um, even if I you know there there could have been better circumstances in which he was doing it, I think was I think was a bit of a positive step. To I think honest, so, because, yeah, I do. Yeah, absolutely. And he, also he, this he, whole he, this, yeah. this sorry this whole the, the whole kind of you know people were congratulating the Mirror and the Guardian, two of the worst newspapers in my view uh, that exist at the moment in this current democracy in which we live. Basically, of, of, of you know, the double uh, whammy, sort of, you know, showing him uh, the gift and then punching him with the right hand by, by first of all, uh, doing the first story and then waiting for them to deny it uh, and say that it was all fine and then coming back with the second story. But the second story, it seems to me, has petered away into nothing because, first of all, they've got this teacher, retired teacher, who claims to have seen Dominic Cummings. We're going to be speaking to a guy uh, from that part of the world who lives where this guy says he saw Dominic Cummings, who actually looks like Dominic Cummings, who said before that people mistake him for Dominic Cummings. Right, we're going to be talking to him, and it may well be that this is who this guy saw. He then apparently takes down a number plate. He then apparently looks up uh, the number plate on the DVLA. I mean, what sort of person does that? The second person who says they saw him thirty miles further away is not even named. And if I was the Mirror or the Guardian, and if I had anything at all, I would have been putting that in the paper today. But they didn't. So it was very flimsy. They'd already walked away from the first story. They now have to walk away from the second story. It is an absolute panjandrum of non nonsense. Well, I mean, these are the people, you know, the, 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 the Mirror, or the, the Guardian and the Observer, don't forget, are the same people who for years have been publishing Carol Carbolader and then publishing retractions of half her pieces in the next week's paper. <laughs> exactly. You know, I mean, this is, I, I think the problem is the fact that they very obviously hate scuts. Yeah. And so there's a very, you know, there's a, one of the things that, one of the sad things that's really happened to an awful lot of the print media over the last few years is that, you know, it's it, very much more of it is very obviously on a side, yes. right? I mean, the thing is, if you think back, so even at the height of the, 
of the of, of the of the great battles of the eighty of the eighties and nineties, you know, nonetheless, you'd expect a broadsheet paper, you know, setting aside the mirror for a minute, you'd expect a broadsheet paper like the Guardian to do a proper investigative campaign that could really hit hard, even if it was on a government it didn't like. You still think, right? They've put the they put the they put the legwork in yeah. to stand this up. And what they you know this no, as you say, you know, it's 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 flimsy and it's rendered flimsier by the fact that they very obviously very obviously want it to be true. Yes. You know, they they desperately want to bring down Dominic Cummings, and that means that we all have to approach this with a with a with a with a massive pinch of salt. And the fact that this campaign, as you say, appears to have petered out in this morning's papers, means that Dominic Cummings probably is going to survive. Yeah. And if they'd you know if they'd taken their time and they'd been a bit more measured about it, they'd probably have been able to force an official inquiry, and that official inquiry might have ended up bringing him down. Now, I think the prime minister is just going to back him to the hill. Well, exactly right. And what about the two-faced, pathetic performance? by Keir Starmer, you know, the man who claims to be, you know, the man of the people. He's a guy who, in his own party, he has not condemned those who have done similar things, right? And I know that you can say, well, it's not quite comparable that Stephen Kinnock went to visit his father, but he did travel a few hundred miles to do so, to sit social distance. He was spoken to by the police. Uh, also, uh, Tahir Ali, uh, the man in Bur- the MP in Birmingham, who went to a funeral with over 100 people when funerals were supposed to be banned, right? And nothing happened to him. And it just goes on and on and on. And Starmer now calls for, you know, the inquiry to be made public by the civil service. Civil service, who, by the way, put out a tweet yesterday, which I'm sure you're familiar with, um, which was then later deleted, written by some lefty who hates the Tory government. Well, I think you know, that tweet is only going to is only going to make the government more determined to reform the civil service. And yeah. who is their chief architect for reforming the civil service? One Mr. Dominic Cummings. Mm. So you know, odds of him leaving uh, re- reduced by the day. But I think you're right. I think the thing is that. If Labour wanted to be able to adopt the moral high ground on this, then Keir Starmer really ought to have disciplined the MPs who've been breaking the rules. I mean, he wasn't the leader for some of them, I think. But nonetheless, he needs to step up and, and, and set very clear examples. You know, if my MPs are caught breaking the rules while the overwhelming majority of the British public are making huge sacrifices, there will be serious consequences. Then... He can go for Dominic Cummings if he wants to. But this idea that, you know, MPs who are actually elected by the public um, should be let off scot-free, whilst advisers, who are private individuals who are employed by by politicians, should be strung up, is getting it completely wrong. You know, fundamentally, Boris Johnson... Dominic Cummings is not accountable to the British people. That's not his job. He's he's accountable to the Prime Minister, and the Prime Minister is accountable to the British people. If the British people do want to get... do end up getting very angry about Dominic Cummings, it'll be Boris Johnson who pays the price, and that's the right way to do it. But I think that politicians trying to string up advisers whilst letting themselves off the hook is the opposite of how that sort of thing is supposed to work. But also, let's go back to what sort of country we have become. Because at the end of the day, you know, I didn't see my family for for seven to eight weeks. I'm not angry with Dominic Cummings. He did what he did for a reason. Now, I'm perfectly willing to accept that whatever that reason was, it was not because he was simply thumbing his nose at everybody else and deciding that, you know, he was going to do what he wanted when he wanted. You know, I don't understand why we've become this country of people who are so angry all the time. Well, I th- as I said, I think it's a, sort of like a hallmark of the referendum because, yes, any system of rules is, you know, has some sort of leeway for people in special circumstances. And, you know, as you say, we're not going to talk about uh, what's been rumoured to be the, the circumstances that Dominic Cummings uh, found himself in. But I think there's always been, a, there's always been some scope uh, for leeway. And if you enter the issue with good faith, then it's fair enough to say, you know, 
you know, judge not and you shall not be judged. And I think that what's happened instead is that people have come into this. They believe, I think a lot of them sincerely believe that Dominic Cummings is some kind of demon mm. and that therefore, and, and, and that they, and they put the worst possible spin on his motivations. Now, I do think that notwithstanding that, there is a problem if senior government officials and advisers are, are, are perceived by the public to be to be to be breaking the rules, because that can have consequences for the lockdown. And as I said at the start, if that had been approached in a measured way, I think an investigation might have been appropriate. But I think that instead, what's happened is people who hate Dominic Cummings for how effective he was at running the Vote Leave campaign, who hate Dominic Cummings for how effective he was at getting Boris Johnson prime uh, prime minister, and then hate him for how effectively he helped to run the 2019 general election campaign which has you know, delivered the current government majority, who are out to get him for that and are therefore determined to turn even the smallest of molehills into a mountain. And I think the public eventually, a decent chunk of the public, will see through, this camp, through these tactics. Yes, I think you're absolutely right. Henry, you've restored my faith in Great Britain. Well played. Henry Hill, assistant editor of the Conservative Home Organisation. Because let's face it, the rest of the media has gone completely stark, staring, bonkers, raving mad. I want to hear from you, the voices of reason, because this is the home of common sense on Talk Radio. We're live streaming on YouTube. We are here for the duration. We are going to stick with Dominic Cummings and Boris Johnson because that's who we elected to run the country, for heaven's sake. This is Talk Radio. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Hypocrisy is all the rage in this day and age, right? We've got all these people, uh, the same people, by the way. This was pointed out very interestingly on Twitter yesterday by quite a few people. You know, Caroline Flack was hounded by the press. That was wrong. Dominic Cummings is hounded by the press, and that's okay. They're standing outside his house. They're jumping all over him and his four-year-old child. Surely that's not right, is it? Let's talk to Jerry Hayes, uh, former uh, Tory MP, of course, and current barrister. Jerry, very good morning to you. Good morning to you. How well, look, the, how we're, the, we're how the devil are you? Yes, yes, we've got you envisioned, which is a marvellous thing. Uh, this is our brand new technological aspected studio, which allows us not, to not only be on the radio, but to be on live television as well, Jerry. Wow. So tell me. Good job, I washed my hair. Tell me, uh, you are the uh, first and only member of society to so far appear on this show since this morning uh, to, excoriate, oh. to excoriate, presumably, Boris Johnson uh, and Dominic Cummings. Well, yes, I'm, I'm just rather sad about it. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you why. Because this is all about, according to Boris, child care. But it's worth reading the press release from number 10. And what he said was this. Owing to his wife being infected with uh, TV and the high likelihood that he himself will become unwell, it was essential for Dominic Cummings to ensure his young child could be properly cared for. Fair enough. Next, it goes on. His sister and niece had volunteered to help, so he went to a house near to, but separate from his extended family, in case their help was needed. His sister shopped for the family and left everything outside. At no stage was he or his family spoken to by the police about this matter as being reported. His actions were in line with CV guidelines. Mr. Cummings believes that he's behaved reasonably and legally. OK, what's, so wrong, what's wrong with that? Nothing about childcare. Well, what, what, why are you obsessing about childcare? 
because that is the line from the government and Boris Johnson. Well, you just yesterday. read. Excuse me, Jerry. You are a lawyer, right? So you normally nor, yeah. normally practice a sense. If you've just read from the government's press release, then how is childcare the government's line if it's not in there? Um, it it, it uh, is what that's what was said by Boris Johnson. Oh, yesterday. I see. Oh, that's so Boris. Was said oh, so you're yesterday. quoting from Boris Johnson now. You're not actually saying that's the government line. No, the, the government line is clear. It's about childcare. No, it's not. It's not in the press release, Jerry. Father would do. No, it's but, it, but you see, here's here's a question for you, Jerry. What's it got okay. to do with you? Right. What he does with his four year old child should normally be private. If I was in a newspaper and I tried to write a story about a four year old child, I would be told by the lawyers in that newspaper, be very careful because you are treading on private information. You are going to share what is likely to be a breach of uh, data protection. So why all you lefties have suddenly become obsessed with Dominic Cummings' child (laughs) is beyond me. It's not lefties. It's not lefties at all. I don't think you should. You could call Sir Roger Gale a lefty. I he don't might as well be one. Call Steve Baker a lefty. They might as well Kim be. They should walk. You know. You know what? They should walk across the House of Commons chamber like those other bozos, Philip Lee and the rest of them did before, and join the Lib Dems. Sorry, Lib Dems. Well, I don't think anyone their right mind would join the Lib Dems. Well, people did, and then no, they it's... lost, and then they lost the election. <laughs> yeah, but but that 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 is past history. We are in the middle of a major pandemic and the government's public health message has to be clear. The reason Dominic Cummings is being hounded by the press is quite simply because he put the rules together, which he clearly broke. Which no, bit of the rules do not leave your house for any circumstance, any reason, doesn't he get? Yeah, Jerry, hang on. I was hoping you were going to come on this morning with something new. Yeah. You're just repeating, you know, parrot-like what's been said for the last well, 48 hours, right? Well, it's been made... No, hang on, hang on. It's, no, hang on. Yep. It's been made very clear yeah. that he did not breach the rules, right? The Attorney General has said he didn't break the law. The police have said that he didn't do anything wrong. So I'm not quite sure from which uh, area of authority you come. Well, the Attorney General, I was rather surprised that she intervened on this. As a law officer, she should be independent. She is independent. Because she said he didn't had, break no, the law. No, no, no. We have had no advice whatsoever from the Attorney General on this. This is a matter about public trust. It's not I left. I thought you said it was about the law. That people feel bitter. No, they don't. Who have lost I their don't. loved ones. I don't. Well, yeah, but I'm talking about the majority of people no, you're not. who've made sacrifice. I've made sacrifice. I didn't see my own family for eight so, weeks, Jerry. So, same with me, I haven't seen my grandchildren. They might be quite grateful for that. But there are people who've lost loved ones and who can't, who can't, uh, who couldn't grieve, who couldn't travel 260 miles. And I'll tell you what will be new, Mike. What will be new is if the guy who says he spotted Cummings in, I don't know, Barnard Castle. If his registration plate matches Dominic Cummings, that's a new ball game altogether. Well, there are several uh, things arising from that. We've just spoken to a man who lives in Barnard Castle, who is the identical twin of Dominic yeah. Cummings, right? Now, I also would yeah. ask you uh, whether you know, as a lawyer, whether it's possible to check a number plate on the DVLA um, website and get a, a, a registration and a name no. that is linked to that car. Can you do that? No. 
No, it's, he says he could. It's, 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 against the, it's against the law. All right. Well, this guy says that that's what he did. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. So so he's a criminal. So he's a criminal then. That's the whole point. Well, no, no, no. So what he what he said? He said a website. He tried to do it, but that's not the issue, Mike. As, as well, you know, number ten. None of this is the issue, place. Jerry. None of They're this going is. They have to make a statement no. to say it either matches or it doesn't match. Well, no, it's not. It's not that the onus is not on them to to disprove something which has not been proven. Right. That's ridiculous. The point is, I could say I saw Dominic Cummings in the Outer Hebrides last Friday and, you know, the government are under no obligation to prove that I'm wrong. Why should they? These idiots at the Mirror and the Guardian haven't got anything else. Did you seriously think, Jerry, that if the the Mirror and and the the Guardian, hang on. Hang on, Daily you, hang on, and yeah, I tore up the Daily Mail earlier. The mail has gone to the dogs ever since uh, Julie Gregg got in charge of it. Here's the thing: if the Mirror and the Guardian, whose story it was, forget about the Mail, they just nick everybody else's story. That's what they always do. They never did any stories of their own. If the Mail and the Guardian actually had any cojones, if they were any good at what they do, they would have already had the match-up made of the of the car, of the of the appearance, and they would have had pictures of him being there. They don't have any of that, otherwise they'd have published it this yeah. morning. So it's a dead duck. The story's gone. Boris Johnson's not sacking him. Get over it. No, 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 not at all. It's not going to work like this. This is not going to go away. Really? And I'll tell you one thing. Well, it's not going to go away 10, because people like you are going to keep 10, agitating about it. I'm not agitating about it. I just think it's an appalling own goal. I want Boris Johnson to succeed. Really? I want this pandemic to be sorted out but there has to be a very clear message that message is simply it's one law for us and it's another law for you that's not good well it's also not true boris johnson came out yesterday he began the press briefing by addressing that very point and he said that that is not the case because as you well know jerry the parks in this country have been full of people the beaches in this country have been full of people yeah. The bridges of this country have been full of people clapping, including Cressida Dick. Labour MPs have attended yeah. funerals with over 100 people. Stephen Kinnock went to visit his dad, travelled several hundred miles there and back to do it. You know, don't tell me that the only matter uh, at hand is the business between Dominic Cummings and his children and his parents, because that would be entirely and utterly hypocritical. And I don't like hypocrites, Jerry. No, I don't like hypocrites at all. And I was the first to condemn those Labour MPs, really? particularly those who went to funerals, knowing they shouldn't do so. It was absolutely Well, did you, call for the them to be, did you call for them to be sacked? Uh, sacked from what? From their jobs. What, from Parliament? I yeah. Yeah, why think not? It's a good idea. In the middle of a pandemic, to have a by-election, I think is daft. You can't do it. 
That's why we had to suspend the election. Really? Uh, they will have to be answerable to their electorate at another time, and they will have to give an explanation. But their behaviour was pretty poor. The difference between Cummings and all those other people is that Cummings is the guy who actually set out these rules. How do you know that? Who sorted out the slogans that we've all adhered to. How do you know that? And he's got to be accountable. Well, how do you know that it's all down to him, Jerry? Uh, we know, as a matter of fact, we know as a journalist. As, as, as a matter of fact, he was one of the people who, because he's good on slogans, are sorting out the slogans. Stay at home. Stay the NHS. Load of rubbish. Stay live. Yeah. You have no idea who came up with that. Yes, you do. How do you know it, it was, was Cummings? A, yeah, it was, it, was, it was, I can tell you. It was a, it was a mixture of Dominic Cummings and Isaac Levito. Everyone knows that. No, what? no, everybody does not know that, Jerry. And the fact that well, he I came up with a slogan you. or two. Well, you've just told me, but you were not there. Well, neither were you. No, that's what I'm saying. We don't know who did it. It's hardly proof, is no, it? Well, you used to be quite good at this, Jerry. I am good at this, but I'm getting feedback, so I, I hear myself talking. This is the trouble. I know. There's nothing worse than that. I only want to hear you once, not one more than that. Listen, Jerry, we'll we'll do this we'll do this again under better circumstances. But thank you and enjoy the rest of your bank holiday Monday. Please don't break any lockdown rules because you'll have to fire yourself for heaven's sake. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the number. Jerry Hayes, top man. Uh, if I want to argue with somebody about Dominic Cummings, he would be the guy I would choose every single day of the week. Mid morning with Mike Graham, Talk Radio. Welcome back to the show. Let us say uh, a very good morning to Peter Hitchens. Peter, very nice to have you on again. Uh, happy Bank Holiday Monday. Well, uh, the same to you. Now, yeah, uh, Bank Holiday seems even more than usually <laughs> pointless. Well, it really does. Uh, although I do notice that in London, certainly, um, it gets quieter. So all of those people who have returned to work still take the Bank Holiday off, which I don't quite understand. It's very odd. One of the reasons they returned to work was so they could take the Bank Holiday <laughs> off. Yes. Exactly right. Now, I've got one question to ask you about this whole ridiculous pantomime of a weekend. When exactly did politics in this country completely lose the plot? Oh, it's been doing, going on for a long time, but it was basically when the two parties ceased to have any serious differences between each mm. other. And I remember when I was a political reporter, this business beginning of the, the hounding of individual ministers over supposed scandals, which would often end, would begin with the prime minister all rallying around and saying he stood by them, and then they would, there would be pictures of them with their families, and then they would resign. Mm. Uh, and th these events, it were quite fun to be involved in, but when I, I stopped to think about them, I, I came to the conclusion that what was actually happening was futile, uh, in that nothing actually changed. The, the media got a scalp, uh, the public had the fun of watching somebody embarrassed and then falling from office, but the policies of the government, and often this involved the Home Office and policies on, say, big issues like crime and immigration, the policies didn't actually change as a result. And so I moved from thinking it was futile to thinking it was worse than futile, mm. actually positively damaging. Yeah. But it's a substitute for real politics. It's a substitute for the days when you had an opposition which had a different idea about how the country should be run from, from the government yeah. and which pursued that and which sought to, to win a general election and change the way the country was run. Now, whoever gets in at any election, the country is running more or less the same way. And these events are really just festivals of the oppressed during which the people are thrown a, a hunk of bleeding meat, which yes. they then gather around and pull to pieces. And at the end of it, nothing's changed. Power yeah. is, still, is still utterly unaltered and has, hasn't changed mm. any of its policies. And that's... It, but it was basically during that period, uh, really beginning in the 1980s, of, of, of incre increasingly rapid cultural revolution, 
during which the two major parties became identical. Yes. I wrote a book about this called the uh, called the Cameron Delusion, in which mm. I try to explain. It, 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 it's actually one of the most important books I ever wrote. It tries to explain why uh, politics is now so very odd, and also it explains the extraordinary process known as lunch, uh, by which uh, so much material gets into the newspapers. Uh, from the uh, from the government. Yeah, it's interesting because I wonder as well whether it's the kind of the professionalisation, if you like, of politics, where people are now just professional politicians, and the media only seems to understand politics now by stories like what's been going on this weekend. When people start calling for someone to resign because they've apparently done something wrong, that seems to be the only thing that galvanises the media. Well, and right, I'm so disappointed. People who have who've sat on their hands for for months over what must be, in my view, the stupidest policy ever adopted by any government in the history of mankind, and said mm. nothing, suddenly get exercised because Dominic Cummings and his wife uh, did what actually is a, a perfectly reasonable thing uh, to look after their child yeah. during a time when they were both ill. I mean, I have I've, I've first met Dominic Cummings back in the era of Ian Duncan Smith being leader of the Tory party, mm. which must be sometime in the... That was, a dark, that was a dark day for them, I, I wasn't it? I can't remember how long ago it was. And it was dislike at first sight. Right. Uh, I've never liked him. What I is it about him? Because I've, I've not, never I've... found any reason to like him since. And I, so I'm not his spokesman. And I think anybody listening to this programme must know by now that I'm not the spokesman for the government. No, of either. course. But I won't join in this because it, it just seems to me that it's, it, it's futile in that the real problem is the policy. Uh, the the actual policy of preventing people from from leading normal lives, which the government adopted, and the other thing is, I am very very uh, ill disposed towards a system under which people can denounce to the police uh, their fellow citizens yes. for actions which are not illegal, uh, and the, you know, then the police are banging on their doors and all that. I just think that a, a society in which people become informers and congratulate mm. themselves and are not ashamed of being informers they right. go you know, go happily in, in, in public and say i saw him doing this that, and the other a society in which in which being a narc is, is is considered to be okay is a society already halfway down the slope yes it really is i mean i put out a, a, a sort of a vaguely humorous tweet yesterday saying i'm about to pop out to the shops if anybody wants to let the mirror and the guardian know where i'm going to be uh, so that they can continue to keep their data protection files up to date i'd be very grateful yeah, I mean, it does seem like Make that, sure you didn't it? buy anything frivolous as well. Yes, um, well, actually, I, I must confess... You, you bought some potatoes along with your bottle of wine. I must confess, I did buy a Malbec which was on sale, which could be considered frivolous, given uh, the seriousness with which we all take red Well, I'm going to have to you in now. <laughs> but, I mean, if, I, it seemed extraordinary to me that, that, that um, you know, with everything that's going on, um, I mean, I, I did laugh with Grant Shapps when he was amazed that nobody wanted to talk about the A66 and <laughs> they'd rather ask him about Dominic yes. Cummings because the government's performance through this until Boris appeared yesterday, and you, you, this is where you and I will probably differ. I thought Boris did the right thing yesterday. He turned up at five o'clock. He basically told the press to get lost and said, he's staying, let's move on. But, of course, they won't move on, will they? Well, I don't think they will, no, because it, 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 it's a gift that goes on giving. That There will be more, and it, it seems to me, we still haven't had the whole story, and these things feed it on themselves. And also, it's more interesting uh, than going over and over and over again, a subject which has been discussed pretty much without limit now for several months it's a it's a di it's a diversion from that and obviously the personal uh, the, the, the personal uh, alleged wrongdoings of one not particularly attractive human being mm. uh, and the chance say of at the, at the end of it of, of collecting a scalp will keep it going and unless the, the government can throw something very new 
uh, into the arena fairly soon. It could keep going long beyond the old Alistair Campbell uh, rule, which is if, if something is still going on after four days, you've got a problem. Yes. Uh, you, if, if you can't bore them out in, into something else by then, then you, you, you may actually have to do something. Of course, the, the New Labour did chuck people to the, to the wolves. Uh, poor old Robin Cook yep. uh, was told, no, choose your wife or your job. Uh, David Blunkett was fired. Peter Mandelson was fired. Uh, I think they mostly came back to office sooner or later, but they, they, they would ultimately chuck people off the sledge. Yeah. Uh, if they thought it would suit them, because that's now the process. But the problem for Boris is that if he allows them to get Cummings, as it were, his entire edifice crumbles because it's the beginning so. of the end, isn't it? I don't think so. I, 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 I think that people are generally satisfied with these with these goits and meet and then go away. That's the that's the sad thing about it for me. What I want is for people to say, isn't it absurd uh, that a senior official in the government is being driven from his job for failing to follow? Uh, rules which on any serious account are ridiculous and which it, it increasingly did no good at all. Mm. And to, to return to, a, to the whole basis of all our discussions, and there's a story in the Times today saying that the people trying to create a vaccine uh, for COVID-19 are having trouble because there aren't enough cases yes. of it now. Right. Uh, that it actually the, the disease is actually disappearing, so mm. it's getting harder and harder to, to, to make the necessary tests. Right. And it is, and it's going through uh, what uh, a number of people have, have said from the start is a normal bell curve of rising, reaching a peak and falling. And I don't think any of the actions which the government took made any substantive difference to that. And, and, that, and I think whole, you may well be... spasm of banning people from from, uh, from 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 seeing close relatives and stopping them from working and shutting down the economy turns out to have been totally futile. Mm. Now, and that's an important story. That's something for which people should resign. But I'm afraid this concentration on the, the alleged wrongdoings of Dominic Cummings has, it completely diverts people from the much larger issue. Yes, although that's I suppose I the, stay. the side I issue... He, I think he's not merely he should stay, but he should be exhibited, uh, perhaps with a face mask on, uh, at every at every subsequent press conference, to, <laughs> like a kind of ghost at the feast, to remind yes, people right. uh, of, of the ludicrousness of government policy. Keep him. Yeah, well, I mean, here's the other don't thing. Don't, don't 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 get rid of him. And the other people, other thing people don't seem to grasp is if they're trying to do down Dominic Cummings, I would think that within six months of him being driven from this job, he'll pop up again, uh, probably in the private sector, in a much better paid job than he has now. So if they think they're doing him any harm, they're very much mistaken. Yeah, but this is the trouble. It's a sort of hysteria that starts and doesn't end until somebody gets their pound of flesh, as you say, until the until the the, the raw meat is sort of thrown to the dogs because they see Dominic Cummings as the enemy, they see him as the man they must get, they must take him down because he's so arrogant. There's one part of this, when people say look, I, I, I wasn't, there's one particular person who, who said, well I wasn't able to see my dying father in his last hours and, yeah. and, and why did I go through all this if Dominic Cummings can behave like this? This is a very reasonable question to ask. Yeah. No, why it absolutely is. It, abs and, it and absolutely no is. reason for it. The, 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 all the, 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 the sacrifices which people made because they were, they, they were, they were corralled and panicked into it uh, by the government mm. uh, now do indeed look, excuse me, but, but the response to that isn't punish Dominic Cummings. The response to that is, why was this policy mm. implemented? Mm. Why can it not now but be... Is, it, is there not now, Peter? Very uh, quickly do something about, right. um, about, putting, about, about 
calling to account the people who've got us into this mess. Yes, but is there not now, Peter, good reason for most people in this country who have suffered like that, who have said that they've they've sacrificed their loved ones, they've sacrificed seeing people, and I was one of them, by the way. Uh, I don't hold any rancour towards Dominic Cummings as a result of that. It was my decision. I suppose if I'd wanted to, I could have broken the lockdown rules, but I didn't. Um, but you could the... see why somebody could feel rancour. Oh, absolutely. I, can, I, I, can, I think I, I, we have to sympathise. Yes, of course, absolutely. And what I'm saying is, is that more and more you now see people saying things like, well, why should I now honour the lockdown? So it could well be that as a result of all of this, and I'm assuming this is probably happening today, even as we speak on the beaches of this country, in the Lake District, in the Peak District, in various um, sunspots around the around Britain, there will be loads and loads of people out and about. And if a police officer comes up to them and tries to say anything, they'll say, well, what about Dominic Cummings? Yeah, well, yeah, why, yeah, why don't you go and what are you, why yeah. are you wasting your time on me? Or, right. well, yeah, no, I'm, sure that, I'm sure that will happen. Uh, and I think the police will be well well aware of this in, in all that they right. do. Right. And, and did do you not also? I, 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 and I, I, and it has, but the thing is, this is not the way it should end. Right. But I thought of you last week, a, Peter. Let me. A, a breakdown of confidence in, in, in government and authority, which is never a good thing in the long term. It should end with an admission by the government that what they did was a mistake. Yeah. And unless that happens, we are condemned for, 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 for years of the, of the face mask fanatics and the people drawing chalk lines on the floor and, and not letting us do this. Mm. and, and and schools and every industry you care to think of crippled by ridiculous restrictions, there has to be an admission this was all a stupid mistake. And it seems to me that the behaviour of both of Mr Cummings uh, and of Professor Ferguson suggests that the people at the very heart of this never really took it as seriously as they wanted. Well, I would differ from you on that one, because I think certainly in Ferguson's case, yes, but not in Cummings' case, because Cummings' reasoning for doing what he did, and you may or may not believe what he says, but his reasoning for doing what he did was not in complete and utter uh, uh, sort of you know ignorance of the law, or, or indeed in a deliberate attempt to get around the law. He believed that he was acting within the law, uh, which, is, which is what he said, and it would appear that that is the case. But what I found interesting last week, and this is when I thought of you was when I saw the story from the CPS who have basically said to the police that all the people who have been given tickets and fines for supposedly um, uh, disobeying the lockdown rules are throwing they're throwing all the tickets away because they don't know what law they've actually broken well I think this is a very interesting point and from the start again uh, Jonathan Sumption uh, was was casting doubt on whether there was ever a serious legal basis I remember in the, in the initial few days mm. of the shutdown I spent some time pursuing uh, officials in the government try and find out what the legal basis of it actually was. Right. And the impression I got was that they were searching for one mm. uh, and, and, and hadn't really found anything terribly satisfactory. Eventually, they hit on the Public Health Act of 1984 as a basis for it. But I, I think, I still think, that if ever this does actually come to court, they might be in quite serious trouble over it. And in any case, under the Bill of Rights of, of 1689, which, as far as I know, is still, is, is, is still in force, uh, the fining of people without due process is, uh, is, is straightforwardly against the law anyway. So I, and the, yeah. well, the whole thing uh, is just, um, is just is, has, been a, has been a colossal bluff. Mm. Now, if it had been worthwhile... Uh, and if, it had, if there had been a good point to it, then, that, then there would be some sense to that. Yes. I, I, I draw to your attention something which I, I've, I've tweeted. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to blow in it later on. It's a fa fascinating article uh, by, in some website called the Ameri American Institute for Economic Research, mm. giving the, the, the origins of the whole idea of shutdown. Uh, and it's, it's called the 2006 origins of the lockdown idea. Right. And you'll be amazed to discover where these ideas came from, where the phrase social distancing originated. Mm. And also about the considerable arguments which took place inside government with a lot of scientists saying, 
some years ago, this is a very foolish response to this, and it yeah. won't work. Yeah, well, I certainly said earlier last, last week, after you and I had spoken, that I blame, if, 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 if I, I went, we, we do these little tricks here at Talk Radio, Dan Wooten had me on as, if you were Prime Minister for five minutes, what would you do? How would you do it differently? And I said, well, I would start quizzing the scientists a bit more, because we keep being told we're following the science, but the science has changed dramatically from the beginning to where we are now. And I don't blame the government for going into lockdown when they did, because as you, as you and I differ on I think it was important at the time that the, the NHS wasn't overrun. I know you don't think that that was a good enough reason, but I think it was. However, uh, now that we are where we are, it's clearly time to give all that up and to start opening the economy again. And and they're trying to do it, and yet they get the unions saying, oh, but it's too dangerous to go back to uh, to school, even as they're getting in their cars to go to the beach. Well, yes, it's true. Um, but uh, again, I mean, my, my point about about the NHS is that there, there was no danger to the NHS. Yeah, but we did. We thought there might be, so they had to take a precaution. The that, 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 as it happened, the, the overwhelming never took place, and there is not a scrap of evidence that the government's actions made any difference to that. So until they produce it, I'm going to carry on saying what is true. Uh, that the government's intervention was pointless and mm. achieved nothing, uh, and it, 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 indeed reverse achieved things because of the huge number of people who've now been diverted from treatment uh, of, of, of quite dangerous conditions because the NHS has pretty much shut down everything but its yeah. operation. Well, the, the, other, the other question, not, of course... Not to mention the, the huge absurdity, which I think there should honestly be more fuss about, of the complete shutdown of, 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 of dental care in mm. this country, which is uh, causing a lot of people a great deal... Yes of pain and, and, and discomfort and worry for no reason that I can see. The, 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 the government has the burden of proof on it to show that what it did had a point to it. And that's what we really... And I think that, that quite, there were quite, probably quite a few people in government who had serious doubts about this, and I think these are reflecting in the fact that the, 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 of, of what Dominic Cummings did, whether it was legal or not. It, it certainly doesn't seem to me to fit very much with the spirit of what mm. they were telling the rest of us to do. No, I think that's very clear. But, I mean, as I say, I mean, you and I, the, the one thing, the only thing we pretty much differ on, really, is, is, is the shutdown initially had to happen. Well, because, it's an important because, difference. Well, it is a very important difference. Um, but I believe that what they knew at the time that they knew it, having been advised by the scientists that this could happen if they didn't shut down, they couldn't take that chance in the same way that they will now not apologise apologise for it because no politician can afford to make it look as if they did something wrong. I mean, you say very often, you know, people like you and I sometimes get things wrong and we sometimes have to then apologise for that. Politicians don't apologise. Boris Johnson would look like an idiot if he said this was all a mistake and we should never have done it. And he he won't be able to say that. I disagree. I think the public would be overwhelmed with joy if a politician was ever honest enough to apologise for for a mistake. Well, look at what they're saying. No, but look at what they're saying now. The attitude towards towards politicians and so that person in particular if anybody were ever to turn around and say look I'm terribly sorry I've, I've, I've really did no. err on this I think it would be it would be a revolutionary moment it would be a revolutionary moment but it would be the end of their careers Can because look, at, look, just one second let me just say this you mentioned the science yeah. again I, there is differing science and you probably saw the fascinating interview which uh, Sinatra Gupta the, the noted Oxford epidemiologist gave to the unheard website mm. And here is a complete alternative set of opinions on how handle this thing, which was available to the government at the time, which they didn't take. Right. And this whole business of talking about the science, of putting the definite article in front of it, the thing about science, about serious science, is it is actually about disagreement and questioning. Mm. That's, what, that's how science progresses. And the idea of one position that you have to follow is actually a demonstration of ignorance of science, not a, an honouring of science as a, a, a as a proper influence. 
the scientific method is a fantastic step forward in human history. The people say we need to actually pursue the truth at all costs, which is basically what science is. Yeah. Uh, but to imagine that that means the, the sort of worship as if they were a priesthood of particular scientists without thinking about uh, about the subject is a complete mistake. Yes, I agree with that totally, but that's what I'm saying. And yet we have had to take the view of the particular scientists that the government have chosen to advise them, and they had really no choice but to take that advice, well, having said that they were we going to. Have to but do let me, kind. Well, 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 hang on, let me just finish. Choice, let me I, just I, finish I, the point. The point is, is that you say that it would be a revolutionary moment if the prime minister admitted he'd made a mistake. Look at how people are behaving already who say because of what Dominic Cummings did, they now feel bitter about the fact that they couldn't go to their loved ones' funerals, that they couldn't see their elderly parents before they died, that they couldn't look at, uh, look in on their girlfriend or boyfriend. Imagine what those people would say if he came out and said, oh, it was all a mistake. Well, I think they might they, 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 they might well say, well, I'm, I'm very glad you've, you've admitted that. I don't think, I think so. It would be a much, a much better way of dispelling that bitterness uh, since these events have happened. It would be a much better way of dispelling this bitterness to say, look, I'm sorry, I made a terrible mistake and I, I deeply regret it. And uh, if the government were to resign, uh, which is which is what would really be a great step forward, uh, than if the for as I say the worst mistake made in modern history, then then either to throw a, an unelected aide uh, off the sledge to save their skins, uh, or to simply continue to insist that no one's done anything wrong. I honestly think that contrition uh, by people who've made mistakes is uh, is is valued by people. Genuine contrition, a genuine willingness to apologise and seek forgiveness is is the basis of civilised relations. That may well be, but, each other. but timing that, is also the, everything. The, 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 there is, the, the basis of justice is people admitting that they've done something wrong. Yes, I get that, but the point is it's, when you admit it is important as well because there's, yeah, no point, there's no point admitting it when we haven't come out of it. When, however, the economy starts to recover, when we start to unlock things, when people's kids start going back to schools, when you can go back to the pub and have a pint of uh, Harvey's Ale down in Sussex with me at some point, uh, then we can say, actually, you know what, we might have gone a bit far because people will be enjoying themselves again. But while we're still sitting here wondering when the hell we'll be able to ever go on holiday again, I don't think this is the time. Yeah. Well, actually, I I say the sooner the better, and, I, and, and, and therefore, because I can hear from where I'm standing, I can hear the economy gurgling away down the drain. Mm. And the, I, the I think it's coming back a bit, don't you? It gurgles, and I, I say, do it now, and, 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 and let's, let's have the admission. And I also say, do it now, because if we don't do it now, then, we, then it will happen again. And I also say, do it now, because we don't, if we don't do it now, uh, then all kinds of futile and stupid right. restrictions on civilized life will continue into the, into the foreseeable future. And I just had to say one thing again. There was a choice right at the beginning of this. Sunetra Gupta's uh, research and advice and, and, and the different modeling were available to the government. They, they chose to take different advice. It yes. was their responsibility. Sure. And, and, and they, they can't hide behind the science. The, the fact no, is I don't think they, they are hiding they behind They had it. a responsibility. They, they, had, they had the power to choose. Uh, they had sought, the people in the cabinet sought all their lives, had fought, had spent enormous amounts of effort, and I would expect money, uh, to reach the post which they attained. They had that responsibility. They wanted it. They were given it. They messed it up. Well, let me leave you with one thought, which we could discuss next week. I read a, th a thing uh, the other day, which was fascinating, and, and there's not going to be enough time for you to come back on it, so I'm just going to leave you with it. The first wave of this coronavirus was actually in November and December. What we had in April was the second wave, which means 
we won't get a second wave because we've already had it. I'll leave you with that thought, Peter. Thank you very much indeed. Peter Hitchens uh, talking to us for the eighth week in a row. And he'll be back next week for the ninth week. There will be a double digits. It will be quite extraordinary. But what do you make of that? Could we have had the second wave already? This is Talk Radio. Talk Radio. Mid-morning with Mike Graham. Talk Radio. The independent republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Welcome back to the Independent Republic of Mike Graham. Lots of you have got things to say about uh, old uh, um, Alistair Campbell, who uh, was on Julie, uh, was on the, the, the breakfast show, not with Julie Hartley, but with James Max this morning because uh, it's a bank holiday. Uh, Hugh says this, hands up all those who have been good shopping more than once a week. Yes, I do include just popping out for milk. That is a flagrant breach of lockdown advice, not open to interpretation like Dominic Cummings' actions. Come on, all you Tory haters baying for blood. Look at yourselves. Uh, well, if you are popping out for milk, presumably you say that that is indeed an essential shopping trip but of course you're not then allowed to buy any frivolous <laughs> remember that that was mad wasn't it uh here's one from jack who says i laughed through your talk radio interview earlier he sent this to uh, uh, alistair campbell genuinely how can you of all people attack anyone for putting the lives of others at risk there are about a million bodies buried in the sand because of the war you and tony manipulated and alan says i've been reading the replies to alistair campbell's tweets which is something he clearly never does seems to me people haven't forgotten campbell and blair's war crimes destabilizing the whole middle east for weapons of mass destruction that never existed Existed. The blood of millions on your hands. He does have a bit of a, um, a nerve, does old Dick Alistair Campbell. But it's as, as if he was never uh, a spin doctor in Downing Street at all. Now, uh, let's do something that we do at this time of the day every day. It is, of course, time for homeschooling, because although Boris Johnson wants schools, certainly primary schools, to return uh, or begin to return on June the 1st, at the moment, uh, you will still be homeschooling your kids. Uh, and just to have a little respite, what you can do is uh, put them around the radio, uh, put them around the TV, put them around the Alexa, whatever it is you're listening to us on right now or watching us on uh, and talk to Tom Whipple who's going to tell us all about how electricity works. Tom, a very good afternoon to you. Hi, good afternoon. Now, electricity, of course, is something that uh, we can't imagine having to do without. Whenever you do have to do without it, you wonder how on earth it's ever going to, you're ever going to get by, don't you? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's something we don't think about and I am as as guilty of that as ever, as anyone. Mm. Um, I, I mean, I, I studied physics to university level and right sort of thought that thought that I understood it and then I I've, I've had to describe it to people and realized I, I didn't understand the first the first thing about it really? um it's it's uh, it, it's incredibly counterintuitive um and it involves understanding what's going on at the subatomic world which is extremely hard to know yes. um, but that doesn't mean we can't we can't describe it in in ways that hopefully can give people a little bit more of an understanding of what's going on. Well, you're an, the author of a book called Get Ahead in Physics, GCSE Revision Without the Boring Bits. I wish I'd known about this when my uh, son was studying for his GCSEs, which he was later then not examined in. <laughs> well, yeah, I suppose it wouldn't have helped him that much in that case. Well, got, yeah, exactly. I mean, he would have been doing his exams last week, I think, if uh, if they had happened. But of course, they didn't happen. But, but it looks like a very good sort of easy to use guide. Um, for, for particularly for kids to learn about electricity and all manner of other things. I, I like to think so, but I mean, as I say, it was, it was only when I sort of sat down and tried to write about electricity that I realised that despite, I reckon I could answer questions up to GC, up to sort of undergraduate level, okay. but I didn't understand it. But yeah. um, the, way I, the way I got to understand it was I, I started thinking about things from first principles and from when people really didn't understand it. So right. this was, electricity was a big mystery in the 18th century, 17th century. We could see that it could move things. There were experiments on moving frogs' legs using electricity, but people really didn't understand what was going on. There's this fantastic experiment where 
an abbot and as an abbot you've got a lot of monks who have to do what you tell them to right. um, and he was very interested in science and he wanted to answer this question of whether electricity moves in one direction or another or almost instantaneously and the way he do- did it was he got 200 of his monks to hold hands mm. and then he electrocuted them and he looked <laughs> to see whether they screamed at the same time right. and he found that the monks did indeed scream at the same time and so it implied that electricity was almost instantaneous um, and we now know what, what's going on. And the thing about electricity is it's the flow of electrons. And electrons are these... So if you think about you probably most people have got a sort of idea of what goes on in an atom. Mm. You've got the central bit, the nucleus, which is a heavy bit. And then around it, it's got these very, very light things called electrons. And when metal in particular, when metal joins together, they always have some of these electrons free, which means they can move. And this is why metals are so good at conducting electricity. And so you move the electrons along and they sort of bounce from atom to atom mm. to atom and they go, they go around and you've got something that moves them. And this is either a battery, which sort of pumps, it pumps electrons to one side of it so that they're all trying to get out and the only way they can get out is by going around a wire. Right. Or it's a generator, which sort of swishes them using magnets, moves them backwards and forwards. But when it does, these electrons flow and they'll flow around your circuit um, and it has to be a circuit because they have to have somewhere to go. Otherwise, they all get bunched up in one end. And it's a bit like having, I don't know, a run of marbles mm. where, where you move them. Um, and they all flow. And they flow. They actually flow extremely slowly. This is one of the fascinating things about, about electricity. We think of it as really fast because it is really fast. But you push one electron at the beginning of a circuit and the other one at the end of it moves instantly. But the electrons themselves, they'll go at a few centimetres every minute. I mean, it's, it, it takes a long time for the electricity when you flick a switch, the little electron by your finger to make it to the bulb. Right. But, that, sorry, go on. Sorry, go on. No, I was going to ask you, this, I don't want to take you away from the track that you're on because it's very good the way you're explaining it. But one of the things I always talk to people about when we talk about power and we talk about electric cars and we talk about, you know, green energy and all of that is one of the things that I'm always quite surprised at is that no one yet has worked out a way of properly storing electricity. Well, I mean, batteries are, they, they, they lose, that they're, they're good at storing it, um, but they do lose energy whenever you, it's one of the fundamental rules of energy that whenever you convert it to another source, sort of energy, you're going to lose it. And so batteries store, store electricity by essentially pumping charged particles to one side of them. Right. So they move from one side from this thing called an anode to a cathode, and then they're all at one side and they're sort of itching to get out of there. And it's a bit like if you've got water and you pump it up to a high reservoir, yes. then that's a store of energy that can then roll down. And of course, actually, that is also a battery. We've got the Denorwig, mm. uh, the Denorwig uh, power station where they, during the night you pump up the water so that during the day you can release it as a as hydroelectricity but yeah, yeah when, whenever you change you change a source of uh, energy you're going to lose energy so there's that's the sort of iron law and but that's yeah that is the, because what i suppose I, I normally get to that part of the conversation when i ask why can we not actually generate more energy and electricity at one particular point and then store it for when we need it but apparently that's difficult to do and, and nobody's quite worked out i mean i get your uh, your reservoir scenario and people say that's one of the greatest ways of of storing it in a way but you then still have to run the water back down the hill so you're not you know you can't put it into effectively an electricity cupboard for use whenever you want no no and the best we've the best we've got for that is a tesla lithium-ion battery and yeah. I, 
I can't remember its efficiency, but whenever you do this, the battery will heat up. And when a battery heats up, that's energy being lost as heat that you're never going to get back. Um, when This is actually this is a slightly bit different bit of physics. This is the second law of thermodynamics. But essentially, whenever you do things like that, you're going to make it'll vibrate slightly, which will be sound that will be lost. So no, it's never perfect. And there's never a perfect way of just storing up that energy and encapsulating it and taking it somewhere else. Right. OK. So I did interrupt you when you were in full flow earlier. So, so carry on <laughs> with your analogy. Sorry. Well, so I, I think I think so. I was talking about uh, yes. So when these these electrons move around the circuit, they are carrying energy with them, and that energy is the thing we then use to do to do other things. Mm. So the classic example is the filament light bulb, which are all, almost on their way out. But I'm going to choose that because it's, it's a heck of a lot simpler to explain. Yes. Than the, extremely complicated and very impressive things we use these days and it uses so they go around this um this very tightly wound, tightly wound tungsten filament and as these electrons move around they occasionally bump into the atoms at the core and those atoms then move about they vibrate and vibration is heat and this thing gets very very hot and when things get very, very hot, the electrons in them sometimes bounce up and down, and then they release these things called photons, which we call light, um, and you end up getting light. And that's a way that you've converted the energy from whatever source, from your power station, from your battery, into light and heat. Of course, the fabulous thing about modern LED bulbs is that they make almost no heat. Mm. So the only thing they're making is light, and that's why they're a lot more energy efficient. Yes, well, as we speak, I don't know whether you know this, uh, you may not, of course, because there's no reason why you would, Tom, but what behind me uh, is the world's biggest television screen. Um, which is made up of pixels, funnily enough, uh, which can be sort of taken out and removed. It's this huge um, television screen which acts like a TV screen. Now, I don't want to try and get you into the business of trying to explain how TV works, but, you know, there was a time <laughs> when you'd have a massive box, you'd have this huge tube, you'd have all sorts of things and weird things going on, look like something like a Frankenstein's laboratory. Now it's just a sort of a plain sheet. Yeah, the, so the cathode ray tubes were... Um... Mm. I remember when I was little, I read things saying a TV could never get bigger than this size because it would have to be this deep. Right. Because it had to use this cathode ray tube that fired things on mm. the screen that then fluoresced. Yes. And yeah, of course, we've now got these things that you can make them, you know, thin enough that you can hang on the wall. Yeah. And, and big enough that they can cover an entire wall. Yeah. Uh, so, and, and yes, that that's down to... Um, to, to sort of similar developments to the, uh, the the LED, and there's been, I mean, well, the, the LED I think is one of these amazing things, which it actually won the Nobel Prize. It's one of these the few Nobel prizes that's instantly been transferred into your own experience, and you've really seen seen the changes that have been made. Yes, fascinating stuff. Well, it's something that I think a lot of kids will will want to in, sort of investigate further. And I'll tell them once more that uh, your book, Get Ahead in Physics: GCSE Revision Without the Boring Bits from Newton Laws, Newton's Laws to Levitating Frogs. Tom Whipple, Times Science Editor. Thank you very much indeed. A little bit of breaking news for you, ladies and gentlemen, which I think you will find fascinating. Um, it turns out that Number Ten Downing Street has just confirmed that Dominic Cummings will make a statement later on and take questions which doesn't sound to me like he's going to resign. Uh, I'm sure he's not. But obviously they've decided that in order for him to be more clear about exactly what happened, when and where, uh, he'll be telling us. So uh, we'll find out later, I guess, whether he was ever in uh, that castle part of the world or whether it was that guy we spoke to earlier who looked just like him. This is Talk Radio. Talk Radio. Across the UK. Online. On DAB. And on your smart speaker. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham. On Talk Radio. 
If you enjoyed that, be sure to catch the whole show 10 to 1, Monday to Friday, on Talk Radio via DAB online or via the Talk Radio app. And if you have an opinion on the stories we cover, we'd love to hear from you. Call us on 0344 499 1000 or tweet at Talk Radio during the show to have your say. Mid-morning with Mike Graham. Talk Radio. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.